Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I am excited about today. I'm excited about today because God let me live to see it. And I'm determined to make the best out of it. Um, because he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it, but he did. And I'm uber excited about today. I'm excited about everything that it's going to bring and everything that it's going to offer. And I'm excited about how I'm going to show up in it. I get to do today because God allowed me to see today. Andrea, you get to do today because God allowed you to see today. Lisa, you get to do today because God allowed you to see today. And I am thankful and grateful that he allowed me to see today. He allowed me to see today. He kept me, y'all, in the land of the living. When so much is going on in the world, he kept me. He kept y'all signed in and there you were Lisa right he's such a good good father and I'm excited about today so father God uh, we love you Jesus we love you Jesus we love you Abba father and we thank you for keeping us throughout the night. We thank you that you did not allow any hurt, harm, or danger to come nigh us, our dwelling place, or the vehicles that we traveled in overnight. And then, Lord God, we thank you for touching us with your finger of love on this morning and causing us to arise. God, we thank you that you are a faithful God on this triumphant Tuesday. God, we thank you that the cares of the world, although heavy, they have not caused us to give in, cave in, quit, throw in the towel. The burden may be just a little bit heavy, but God, we know that you are a burden bearer. So God, we trust you even in this. We thank you, Lord God, for waking us up this morning, giving us the activities of our limbs, keeping us keeping us clothed and in our right mind. God, we thank you that we get an opportunity to see today. When so many had a desire to do so and didn't get the opportunity. So God, we choose 
to rejoice and be glad in it because it's an opportunity to see another day. So God, order our steps. Lead us and guide us throughout the day. God, we're starting with you on this morning. So God, we're asking you to have full control over our day. Whatever it is you want us to do, God, we'll do it. Whatever it is you need us to say, Lord God, we'll say it. Send them our way. Send them our way. And it's because of you that you hold our destiny. Mm. I'm telling you, we have a lot to be thankful for. Watching the news here in California and so many people are flooded out living in mobile homes or living in Red Cross facilities or living with family because of the abundance of water. I thank God for the rain, don't get me wrong. And I, I know that we need it. I just pray for the safety of those who are in low-lying areas. Um, that's not why we're here, but I'm telling you, Y'all better be thankful for today because tomorrow, matter of fact, later today is not promise. So cherish the moment. Cherish the moment. So listen, today we are more, we are uh, on our Triumphant Tuesday. It is Triumphant Tuesday. And today I want to talk to you guys about how we are more than conquerors. Um, because we know that triumphant means to have victory over, to conquer, to subdue, overthrow. But even in that, we are more than conquerors. We are called to be voices of victory, calling people to the one who already defeated it all. You are called to be a voice of victory, calling people to the one God who already defeated it all. When the world is trembling, may they see us at peace, resting in the victory of the cross, knowing that we are more than conquerors. Often we are encouraged and told that we are more than conquerors. Girl, you more than a conqueror. You can, you can, you can handle that, right? You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. I'm blessed and highly favored on top and rising. That's what we that's what we're told to say. And we're encouraged and told that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. It sounds cool, sounds good. And it feels great, right? But have you ever stopped to ask, how am I more than a conqueror? How? How is it that, Tracy, you are more than an overcomer? Romans 8 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It is filled with some of the most significant 
declarations um, that we as uh, believers should regularly speak over our lives um, and remind ourselves of how we are more than overcomers. This is the chapter where we find the famous verse that says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8 and 37. But in what things are we conquerors? What does that really mean? What are we conquering in our lives? What has God given us the ability to conquer? The we are more than conquerors verse. Paul's words for conqueror is the Greek word niako, N-I-K-A-O, niako. And it is where we get the name Nike. From it, it means to conquer, carry off the victory and come off victorious. So the Greek word for conqueror is N-I-K-A-O. Let me put this in here. This is the Greek word for conquerors. And it's where we get the name Nike. It means to conquer, carry off the victory, and come off victorious. It means to conquer. Carry off the victory. I'm going to get me a scribe. I, I promise y'all. We're going to get somebody. And come off victorious. That's what it means. In a war, it was the word used for the winning nation. Who not only won the battle, but carried off the spoils of war. They not only survived, but gained gold treasure. They overthrew the enemy king and carried him off as a prisoner. Today, when we think of winning, we think of just going home and celebrating an excellent, challenging game won, right? It's as if we played a basketball game or we played a football game or watched a football game and our team won. But this was far deeper than that. To win men meant not to die. To them, winning meant not dying. It meant that they got to live another day, go home to see their family, and that the enemy who was trying to kill them and or you and your home was destroyed forever. Winning and not dying means that you got to live another day. You got to go home to see your family and that the enemy who was trying to kill you and your home was destroyed forever. Forever. To win a war also meant that you gained new land. Think about Russia and Ukraine. 
here they are now entering into their second year of war and Russia is yet trying to take over the land that has been carved out for Ukraine. Ah, they're more than conquerors. And because Russia is trying to overrule and overpower, he is quote unquote, the enemy. So when you think about it in that way, right? To win a war also meant that you gained new land. Your nation could expand and the future of your children's children could grow. Russia is trying to gain new land. It means that their nation would expand and the future of their children's children could grow by the taking over of the land which belongs to Ukraine. To win meant you got to carry home the spoils of war. Each soldier brought home the silver and gold of the enemy. It meant a, a wealth transfer. The very resources the enemy was using to fight you now, the, the very resources that the enemy was using to fight you now were now under your possession and would be resources to bless your kingdom. So the moment Russia takes over Ukraine, should they? And I'm believing God that they do not. We believe God that they do not. But I'm trying to put this in today's uh, uh, language and that we have a reference point. If Russia was to win the war, that means that the transfer of wealth that Ukrainians have would now belong to Russia. It would mean that Russia would get to bring home the silver and gold of the enemy. And it would be that the resources that Ukraine was using to fight against its enemy would now belong to Russia. It would be a takeover. And everything within Ukraine would now belong to be owned by Russia. When Paul says that you are a conqueror, it isn't some nice basketball game win. He is saying that the devil and death themselves have been conquered. When Paul, the writer of the scripture in Romans, says that you are a conqueror, it isn't some nice basketball game that we're talking about winning. He is saying that the devil and death themselves have been conquered. The devil's authority has been overthrown in the Christian's life. He can no longer conquer your souls. You no longer are a slave to sin. Persecution tribulation, and even death itself cannot conquer you because Jesus has already defeated them. Even if we die, we go to, he we go to heaven and have the ultimate victory.
We get to take the spoils of war from the devil. The very place that are the hardest and darkest in the world can now be turned into hot spots for revival for Jesus. Being more than a conqueror means that darkness cannot stop us. Paul wrote this book to the church of Rome to encourage them through persecution and struggles that they had been walking through. He wanted to take a moment and remind them who they were in Jesus. If we were to reread Romans 8 and 37 in its entirety, we would see a long list of possible obstacles. A long list of obstacles. Romans 8 and 37 from, let me, let me look at the whole. Romans 8 and 37. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death for what the law has was, excuse me, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, obstacle. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governs, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even through your body, it but if Christ is in you, then even through your body is subject to death, even though, excuse me, but if, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to the mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brethren and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the spirit, you put to death the, mind, the misdeeds 
of the body, you will live. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Verse 20 says, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, the enemy, or you. Verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we, our, but we ourselves who have the fruit first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship the redemption of our bodies for in this hope we were saved but hope that is seen is no hope at all who hopes for what they already have but if we hope for what we do not yet have we wait for it patiently in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Verse 28, and we know that in, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Here we go. Verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Is it God who justifies? Who then is the one who condemns? No one, Christ, Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who has raised to life? 
Is it at the right hand of God also is also interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Obstacles. For the sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. A long list of possible obstacles that we as Christians may have to go through in our lives. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. He who possesses a question to the church and all of us Christians, he is asking, what can separate us from Jesus? Can persecution, Priscilla, can danger, Andrea, hunger, Didi, or fear, Latanya? Can even death separate us from what we have won in Jesus? This is the setup of Romans 8 and 37. No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He fires back to the question he posed. No way in famine we have Jesus. In danger we have Jesus. In pain we have Jesus. In every situation we have Christ love even in death we have jesus he is giving them the pep talk of light of a lifetime calling out guys all these things you are worried about none of it can stop you you have jesus daughters all of these things you are worried about and none of them can stop you for you have jesus it's the same for us today we too can be so worried about all the things going on on our jobs, in our families, and in the world around us. But Paul is questioning us just as he questioned them. Can anything separate you from Jesus? Can the loss of your job, can turmoil in the nation, can COVID or any sickness in that case? No, nothing can separate us from Jesus. If Paul said conquerors only, that would have been enough, but he didn't. He added more. He added the prefix hyper in front of naiaiko and merged them into one new word, hyperniaiko. This is very significant. The word hyper means over, beyond, more than. 
It is used to make something way above and beyond excessive. Think about Star Wars. The hyper drive was the regular engine drive, but on steroids, shooting the spaceship light years beyond a standard engine drive. Think about a child who is hyperactive. They are not just an active child, they are way over and beyond active. We are not just conquerors, we are hyper conquerors. We are amazingly above and beyond conquerors. Jesus did not just barely beat the devil, he utterly destroyed the devil's powers. It was embarrassing to watch for the devil's home team. Many people see the battle of good versus evil as an equal battle. They think that darkness and light push each other back and forth. We are not rooting for team light to win and praying darkness falls or and fails. But this is such a bad picture when you flip the the light switch in your house, does the light struggle to push out the darkness? No. When you push the light switch in your house, it immediately turns on. Do you turn on the lamp and then pep talk the light to get out there, get to get out there and fight for the room? Does the light need confidence and support? to usher up the strength to win the battle for the living room. No, it isn't even a battle. You flip the switch and the war is over. Light utterly removes the darkness. It isn't even close. This is the word hyperniacal. Jesus utterly removed the power of darkness from our lives. We didn't just barely make it. He smashed the devil's power on the cross. And now through Jesus, we can break the force of darkness as well. Paul then goes on to drive this point home. He says, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I am sure he has decided in his heart he has made an absolute promise that he will never doubt this one thing. Nothing will ever separate me from Christ. Nothing on earth, nothing in heaven, and nothing in hell will ever be able to separate me from my Jesus. And that is exactly what you should be declaring on today. I am sure and I have decided in my heart, I have made an absolute promise 
And I will never doubt this one thing. Nothing will ever separate me from Christ. Nothing on earth, nothing in heaven, and nothing in hell will ever be able to separate, uh, separate me from my Jesus. Nothing. What if when we woke up in the morning, we declared, I am sure of this. When the world is shaking and falling apart, what if we say, no, I am more than a conqueror in Jesus. I know it. I believe the devil is almost afraid, is most afraid of a Christian who knows who they are in Christ and what they are called to do. Every time you get out of the bed in confidence, knowing who you are, and what you are called to do. The devil should be afraid that you have even hit the floor. We are not called to fall in fear like the rest of the world. We are called to be voices of victory calling people to the one who already defeated it all. When the world is trembling, may they see us at peace, resting in the victory of the cross. Whatever area of your life is freaking you out the most, whatever every area in your life is causing you to worry, is causing you to be anxious, declare no, even in this, I am more than a conqueror with Jesus. You can do it because Jesus has already done it all. So God, we pray that we become more than a conqueror. God, our hearts groan as we face this new day. We're not sure we can stand upright, let alone take another step based on what we are in the midst of, based on everything that is going on around us. But you, oh God, are our rock and our refuge. You say we are more than conquerors and we are choosing to believe that in faith. We need your victory in our situations. Sometimes we feel like we can't see our way out or if there's even an end. God, let us fall into you and let you win the battle for faith in our hearts. With you, there is victory and we trust you in it. God, this is our prayer. We honor you on today. We trust you on today. And we are more than conquerors. We are hyperactive conquerors. Yeah, we are hyperactive conquerors. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank God and amen. You all have an amazing day. Go and be great. Conquer it all, subdue, overthrow, win, because you are victorious.
Yes.